Hello, and welcome to 8 Minutes to Ageless, the podcast committed to teaching you the minimalistic approach to becoming bold and not old. On this 20-minute weekly podcast, you will learn how to care for your body and mind while spending the bare minimum amount of time to be successful. I know that life is full, so full that we tend to put our own needs on the back burner and in some cases are simply too confused to figure out what to do, so we do nothing. This podcast is designed to help you leave regrets behind and start caring for yourself, no matter your age, so you can grow older and like it, and I might say even love it. My name is Dr. Kelly Pearson, and I am the host of this podcast. I'm a practicing chiropractic physician and author of Eight Minutes to Ageless. Over the past 40 years, my patients have taught me so much about what not to do that I finally just had to get this book written and podcast started. But before we begin, I want to thank all of you who have read my book and keep sending me inspiring comments that you're getting your life back. That makes all the difference and makes me smile. Good morning. This is Kelly Pearson. And today we're going to talk about something I think is really important, but to marry it with a couple case studies, because in fact, that's when it's most useful to start to think about your own body in relationship to the things that we are treating. So as a bipedal structure walking around the earth on two feet, most of us have that privilege. There are two muscle groups by virtue of how gravity beats down on us that get weak. This, this week, we're going to talk about the muscle in the upper body. And next week, we'll talk about the muscle in the lower body. But if you think about how gravity beats down on us and our head being pushed forwards and our shoulders rolling forward, ask yourself the question, what starts to get lengthened? What starts to get stretched? It's not the chest, that's actually getting tighter. And if you think about it, it's really the muscles in that mid back that are getting longer. And principles around muscles are that if they're constantly stretched and elongated, it's harder for them to contract and then they lose that pattern of contraction pretty readily. And it's not to say you can't get it back, you definitely can. The problem is it takes a little bit of work at first. So we're gonna talk about what that work is and why. So now if you can envision um, this, patients come into my office on a routine basis complaining of neck pain and complaining of shoulder pain. And over 40 years of practice, I've recognized that in actual fact, for me to begin working on either their neck or their shoulder without first looking at their mid-back, I think constitutes bad practice. If you don't have a mid-back that's working, you can't lever and move the shoulders in the manner they're meant to. And you can't normalize the posture so the head's not held forward, which I don't care what a great practitioner you are. If somebody's head's forward, it's really hard to fix neck pain. So first and foremost, we're taking a look at are the muscles in the front of the chest tight, uh, making that easier for the muscles in the middle of the back to be lengthened. And those muscles in the middle of the back, we talk about it in the book, Eight Minutes to Ageless, how they're called scapular retractors. If you think of protraction going forward and retraction coming back, the muscles that are responsible for bringing your scapula back closer to each other, approximating each other closer to the spine, what naturally happens is your shoulders have to come back with it. And when your shoulders come back, your head just starts to come back to, to neutral as well. It's very hard to have somebody with a really nice erect upper back, strong upper back with this forward head posture. It's extremely rare. I mean, it can happen due to congenital anomalies or 
uh, fractures that left someone unable to move. But in, so, so that's what we're talking about is those muscles back there in their scapular spine. So many years ago, I had the pleasure of speaking to a medical conference for the state association and here in Washington. And I was talking about this exact issue and asked if anybody in the audience had had um, sh shoulder pain. And this one gentleman who had been kind of eyeing with pretty crummy posture uh, raised his hand. So I brought him up uh, first and I asked him then to tell me where the shoulder pain was and he pointed to the front of the shoulder. And then I said, well, go ahead and show me what happens when you lift your arm uh, from the side of your body over your head and see, see what happens there. And so as he lifted his arm up about halfway up, so that his humerus, his arm bone was now about parallel to the floor, he would point to the front of his shoulder and go, that really, really hurts. I said, got it. So now the question is a practitioner is you think, well, is it a rotator cuff problem? Is it a labral tear? Is it bursitis? Is it a chromioclavicular hypertrophy? All the things that get thrown at you when you go in for shoulder pain. And so I said, let's, let's just take a look for a moment. If in fact you were to normalize your posture, if in fact you were to learn to strengthen those scapular retractors, um, by doing something very simple every day. So I stood behind him and I was standing to his right. It was his right shoulder. And my left hand was um, kind of covering his scapula, his wing bone. And the force of that left hand, um, as I was holding his um, chest for support, the force of my left hand was to move the scapula towards the spine and slightly down towards his feet. It was to stabilize that scapula, to um, had that scapula behave as if all the muscles in and around that area were working. So as I did that, then I said, now lift your arm. And this time he was able to swing his arm way up to 100 degrees, asking him how that felt. He said, well, I don't have any shoulder pain right now. So that's great. We, we took out, we, we, we minimized the weak link by pretending to be the muscles to keep it in a stable position. And then that shoulder is coming back in what we call a centrated position. The humeral head is now meeting the part of the scapula in such a way that that humerus could glide and rotate without any propagation of pain. While he thought it was miraculous, um, those are the kinds of things I see all the time. And so what do you do about that? If that's the problem, will you strengthen the mid-back, the scapular retractors, the muscles that as a, a bipedal human being, one of the two that I was talking about earlier that tend to get weak. So let me um, describe very basically the easiest way to get those started. Here's what's interesting is when you're starting to use a muscle and you haven't used it well, don't have the resistance so high that the muscle fails and you get so sore and the contraction doesn't work and you give up. So the best thing to do is to work with gravity. And what do I mean by that? You need to lay on the floor. Now gravity is, you're not fighting gravity, are you? You're not having to schlep your arm up over your head fighting gravity. You're going to let gravity work with you in this first tiny step of activating these muscles. And yes, there are multiple steps for making this more difficult. But if you start too difficult, then it doesn't work so well. So lay on your floor, bend your knees so your feet are on the ground, bend your elbows 
So your fingers are just straight and pointing towards the ceiling and then move your elbows about 45 degrees out from your spine. Now at this point, if your head is too far forward and you can't relax back because your posture is not particularly fantastic, take a small pillow and put it under there so you're comfortable. We don't want you to be uncomfortable ever doing exercise because the brain experiencing pain will not do anything good with it. Exercise that hurts is not exercise that helps. So here you are laying on your back, your arms are out, your fingers pointing toward the ceiling, your knees are bent, your feet are on the ground. And simply it's like an isometric in that you're going to take your elbows and you're pushing them into the ground. Now, of course, the ground's not going to move, but you're going to build resistance as you push that elbow down. And that the muscles are, are um, of the triceps and back of your arm. They're not able to go any farther. So it's an isometric there. But subsequently, what happens then is your load, your the body's request for engagement moves centrally. And now if you think about it, you can kind of feel your scapula, your wing bones, kind of approximating or coming together, moving a little bit towards the spine. You might also feel your chest heave up or rise up a little bit because when your scapula come back towards each other, your chest will go forward. Now the muscles that you're activating are multiple and many. Many You've got the rhomboid ma major, the rhomboid minor, the mid trapezius, a little bit of the straightest anterior. You have a lot of muscles that are engaging. You don't have to worry about them. You just effort in this direction and ultimately things improve. So that's the beauty of this exercise. And here's the drill. You've got to do it every day, like three sets of 10 for about two weeks. And then guess what? You become capable and then you can go every other day for a couple of weeks and then you can go uh, twice a week for a couple of weeks, but you really shouldn't stop doing it any less frequently than that. Any more than you would not brush your teeth regularly because those muscles are constantly being challenged by our postures, sitting, shoulder forward, writing, typing, reading books, texting, all of those things that we have to do all day long. So that exercise is step one. Anybody who can lay flat on their back with a pillow under their neck if required and bending their knees can do this exercise. Anybody, even if you don't have arms, because, um, and I know that's extreme, but some people are missing parts of the arm. If you just are efforting and pushing your scapula back down towards the table or the floor, you are making a difference. You are engaging those muscles. So let me talk in the last few minutes about a case study where um, I had a patient who had left-sided neck pain, and we treated her quite a bit, and her neck pain continued to, to be a predominant issue. Her posture was definitely better. Her, um, she really sensed she was standing taller, but the neck pain persisted. Well, at that point, I'm realizing it's more than what meets the eye. And I had worked a little bit with the mid-back foot posture and she actually worked out a, a somewhat regularly, but she had a situation where she had two dogs about the same size, bigger-ish dogs, but one was super strong and one was just a great dog to walk. And the bigger, stronger dog who had used to jettison towards cats, other dogs and squirrels, ripping her left arm out of her socket, um, would always like to walk on the left and the other dog walked on the right. For those of you who are do not dog owners, you know, dogs have habits too. So 
we started to talk about the things she did in her life outside of working and taking care of her family. Uh, and the walking of the dog was something she did, whether the rain or sun or snow or sleet was, was out the window. She just always took care of our animals that way. So this particular duo of dogs she'd been with for about seven years. And I said, so when you walk your dog, do you feel sore? She goes, oh yeah, I mean, it's always hard. And my shoulder gets ripped out. My mid back is a little bit sore, but it always goes away after the walk. Well, the problem was this, that every time her left arm was ripped forward, her, her uh, instinct was to pull back with that arm, right, to pull back. And so she was trying to rotate her thoracic spine to the left. If you think about rotation with the front of the body, it's, it's uh, the, actually the right side is moving forward and the back side is moving back, but you're still moving towards the left. It, so she was constantly trying to pull that left shoulder back and pull the, the spine into rotation to counteract the force of the dog. And so not knowing this was part of her drill, I didn't really look at the strength of some of her uh, other scapular retractors, this, the, the smaller ones that stabilize the spine, because she really was pretty strong in the, the rhomboids and, and the other muscles I just mentioned. So I realized we needed to devise an exercise specifically to engage the small rotators on the left side of her spine and we were able to do that by putting her in a position of um, on her knees and on her elbows then she took her left hand and wrapped it around her back so that the palm was facing towards the ceiling her elbow was sticking out and then literally she would just lift her elbow try to lift her elbow against gravity while her head turned to look at it and lifted that two sets of 10 every day that exercise actually targeted those smaller muscles of the spine. And after about a month of doing those religiously, her neck pain really calmed down. And so the point there was her mid back was being too stressed to create a, a stable structure from which her neck to go on. So her neck was doing extra work all the time. Her neck muscles were doing extra work because the mid back was on holiday. It was fatigued and challenged every time she took her dogs for a walk. So the point is, what are you doing during your day that might be out of the ordinary, an event or something you have to do for work or something you have as a hobby or something as a sport that's one-sided? If you think about, my gosh, maybe that is asymmetrical or too aggressive, what can you do to stabilize and to reduce your, your asymmetrical weakness? Well, that's where trainers come in and PTs come in and chiropractors come in to give you advice or along that path. But first step first, try this exercise we talk, talked about today. And again, that's, that's in the book. All right, so next week, we're gonna talk about the one muscle that gets weak in the lower back and uh, give you a couple case studies as it relates to that. I hope you guys have a fabulous week and remember to be bold and not grow old. In keeping with my minimalistic approach to life, I keep this podcast short and only add the most critical points, not adding fluff. So for today, we're done, but I hope you will do a few minutes of the good stuff we talked about. If you have not picked up the book, you can get it on Amazon. The website, 8minutestoageless.org, will have the show notes and any videos that I mentioned on this podcast. I thank you for spending your precious 20 minutes with me. And as always, you can reach out and contact me via the website. 
Remember, one day at a time, you are getting bolder and not older. I look forward to seeing you next week.